0: roses are red violets are blue i love a paranormal chicks and i know y'all do too hey creepsters it's your favorite cincinnati creepster tanya rose here to introduce the newest episode of sinister sightings just remember creep it real and don't get scared donna and i'm carrie and we are paranormal
1: chicks sister <laughs> sightings 166 i don't know you said paranormal chick i don't know <laughs> and then when i said carrie like i like went down four octaves you well,
0: know we gotta keep y'all guessing you never know what kind of intro you're gonna get and we never know what kind of intro we're gonna get but tanya f knocked it out of the park she is a poet did not know it or did she or did she, she? Ah! Oh! Chicks!
1: Well, if y'all want to knock it out of the park and be a poet and know it, just like Tanya, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay, the first one. Sinister sightings, y'all. Hey, y'all. My name is Holly, and I've had quite the amount of paranormal experiences. I grew up in Kentucky, but have since moved to southern Indiana. I just love y'all's podcast. Not only are the two subjects you cover creepy cool, you two remind me of myself and my best friend or even my family members. You guys crack me up, and I think that's important when exposing yourself to heavy subjects. I'm just going to jump right into it. Feel free to share whatever if all parts. Growing up, I remember seeing shadow people a lot, and I remember they would walk up to my bed at night and stare at me. I would either hide under the covers or yell out for my parents who were getting pretty annoyed and contributed to watching spooky things. I'd always told my parents something was off with the house. I had a great childhood and mostly played in the woods with my sister. Once I was older, my dad told me there used to be a second floor in that house that burnt down, but he didn't know much about it. The next house we moved into was also off. First of all, the room that became mine, we had to completely strip and redo. The walls were painted black and red with staples from the floor up to the ceiling in the walls. The room my sister stayed in was where the woman who lived before us died. She died in her sleep and was there for a bit before someone had found her. Her husband died in her front yard from a heart attack. Things would always go missing and pop back up a few days later in the exact spot we tore through trying to find it. I had things go across the kitchen table into the wall in front of me too. My mom had told my grandmother about my seeing shadows and hearing disembodied voices. This was in my preteens because she had just put me in therapy. I was going through a lot having been diagnosed with depression and anxiety which I still battle today but never received diagnosis of MPD or schizophrenia. One day at my grandmother's, she approached me to speak about it. She had told me both my great-aunts, her sisters, could see demons, and both died young in their 50s from breast cancer, so she thought I might have inherited it. Not sure how much of it I believe, but definitely think being sensitive runs in the family. Later on, once I had moved in with my then boyfriend, now husband, my parents had bought a cabin in the woods. My dad insisted I come see it and walked with me through every part. I hated a room in the basement. I even cried on the drive home because of all the emotions and energy I had felt in that room. I told my parents. A couple of years later, when they went to sell it, my dad told me he had a confession. The previous owner, who was never convicted, had a stepson who he had molested in that room. His wife divorced him and left with her son. He continued to live into the cabin until he went downhill with his health and age and moved into a nursing home where he died shortly after. My parents rely on me now to judge a space. So much so, my dad had me go to their new house as soon as they closed on it. They also took me to houses they looked at before settling on that one. I was pregnant at the time with my daughter and wasn't always up to going. Between the symptoms and dread something would affect her before she was born. I work in a hospital, worked in one for five years, and moved to the one I'm at now, and I've been here for three years. I often have to keep quiet about things I see out of the corner of my eye and the fact that multiple times I've experienced what feels like someone touching or tugging on me to get my attention. I've done the tour through Waverly Hills Sanatorium for my birthday one year. The magnitude of energies I felt there was at times overwhelming. I heard a piano playing at one point. Then when I went to another floor, there was a piano covered with a blanket and inches of dust. So if someone had played it, there would have been fingerprints. The last thing I'll share is an experience from my early 20s. We used to drive around to different haunted locations in groups of friends. One night, a girlfriend of mine and a male friend drove to a supposedly haunted graveyard, which I had been to before. It was winter and had snowed a couple weeks back, but since had melted until we got to the gravel path. I had to turn my car around because there was so much snow, I would have got stuck. I'm guessing because of the lower elevation. As we are driving away, my girlfriend starts getting a call on her cell phone. It just says P on the caller ID, and she starts panicking, explaining she has no one in her phone saved under the name P. She it After a couple of moments of static, she hears a faint voice say, Where are you going? Come back. At this point, we are pretty freaked out. I'm driving down the very dark country road and I see a deer in the field pretty far off. I got this feeling of dread. I turned on my brights and slowed down. The next thing I know, the deer is bolting across the field and runs into my passenger door. Needless to say, we didn't stop until a well-lit occupied gas station to duct tape my side mirror. So that's a handful of stuff I thought Y'all would be interested in hearing. And thank you, Donna, for complimenting my Halloween decorating skills. I was over the moon. Creep it real ladies, Holly. Oh, Holly, you pulled a Donna. Deer running
0: into your car. Yes. The Waverly Hills one, though, with the piano? Mm Mm-hmm. You would have definitely seen it had someone played the piano.
1: Uh Uh-huh, for sure.
0: And can you come tell me about my house if you feel anything? (laughs) Thank you. Also, why were there staples up and down the wall? I guess they like posters. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I just pictured like heavy duty staples, like just, I don't know. Yeah. I was thinking they liked uh, posters. Probably. I went through that phase where I had lots of movie posters everywhere.
1: Yeah. We were looking through old pictures of my dad and there was some of my sister Kelly, like her room and it was covered in posters. And she said, she's like, I guess I was going through a phase. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh. But I think
1: every kid does that though. Goes through that same phase.
0: Yes. Okay, the next one, Sinister Sightings, The Grave. Hey ladies, please refer to me as Molly. I don't really know how to feel about this story. I'm still a little creeped out because this happened literally last night. A little backstory. I have family who lives in Wyoming. Every year, we travel from our state all the way to Wyoming to visit said family, and every year we absolutely have to take a trip to the Bighorn Mountains. My relatives know the mountains like the back of their hands, and they decided to take us through a place called Crazy Woman Canyon. The best way to explain Crazy Woman Canyon is a very scenic route down the mountain. There are many places to stop and enjoy the view, and that's just what we did. We stopped along the way to play in the creek in different areas. And at one specific area, I'm on the right side of the road splashing in the freezing cold water when I hear my sister say, Hey, there's a grave over here. Now, I'm just like you ladies. I have an interest in the paranormal. I love all the ghost shows. Naturally, I had to see what she's talking about. Sure enough, on top of a little hill on the side of the road, was a wooden cross. I traveled up toward the cross to investigate. The person who was buried here was 19 years old and died in 1933 from meningitis. I won't release a name out of respect for anyone related to them. Their name was no help in figuring out their gender, so I'm not sure whether this person is male or female. Ever since I found this grave, I've been drawn to learn more things about this person. What was he or she like? Did he or she have any siblings? I almost feel like I have a connection with this person on that mountain. Fast forward to last night in a dream. I had originally planned to visit the grave again and leave flowers or something. In this dream, I was doing just that. As I was placing the gift down by the cross, I look up and see a woman staring at me. She looks young and is wearing a prairie dress. She stares at me for what seems like ages before darkness starts exploding out of her. This is when I wake up and it's 3am. What do you ladies think? Is this just a scary nightmare or does it mean something? I'll give you a follow up in a couple of days when I visit Crazy Woman Canyon again. Love you ladies the Sinister sightings is my guilty pleasure. Molly Molly, I think that, honestly, I don't know. My first thing was, I think you just had like a dream about it. Like, doesn't really mean anything, but I don't know. If you feel a connection, there might be something there. But I don't think it necessarily has to be bad or anything. Yeah, I don't don't know.
1: Who knows? Y'all could have been like kindred spirits or like knew each other in another life or something like that. Yeah. I'd chalk it up to that and hopefully it's nothing worse.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile... I just picture us being with 2019 and we're like 2020 is our year. It's going to be amazing, and then everyone who's like listening later when we're like 2020 is not so good, and we're like, I I wouldn't chalk it up to anything bad. It's great, and she's going to follow up and be like, y'all, it's terrible yeah this thing is haunting me <laughs> yeah like, i wouldn't chalk it up to anything bad
1: yeah she's like uh it's an attachment <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're not good at stuff like that
1: <laughs> but in this situation we're gonna say we're right and it's just someone from i don't know i was gonna say a sister from another mister
0: hey you never know or
1: a brother from another mother <laughs>
0: Is that that the saying? Yeah. I think they're both the same. You know what? We need merch that says, I'm not sensitive to spirit. I'm just sensitive. (laughs) Because that's us. You don't know me at all. (laughs) I I said us.
1: Okay, the next one. Sinister-ish sighting story. Hey, ladies. Feel free to call me Wednesday in this story. Not because I don't want my name said, but mainly because there's lots of Sarahs. Although, probably not with this caliber of write-in. Also, that's my nickname. I have adored Wednesday Addams since a young age, like OG black and white version. I'm a new listener, and I am obsessed with y'all's podcast. I've been binging since I found y'all a couple weeks ago. You're amazing, and I love you, even though I am a diehard Razorback fan. Anywho, on to my interesting story. This stems from me listening to the Zozo episode.
0: Oh, you said the name.
1: Well, they said it too. <laughs> <laughs> I turned into a 92-year-old woman.
0: You sounded like you had
1: burned. It was like Cinderella.
0: It was like Cinderella.
1: I legit sounded like an old lady, too. I don't know. Okay. Mary Poppins could never... Disney, hook her up. <laughs> but yet, I can never recreate the sound. I know. So, bit of a background. Mahab's is an active-duty Marine, so he's gone in the field or whatever. A lot.
0: Did I write this? I mean, no, because I'm not married, but the or whatever.
1: <laughs> I love all things spooky, so giving myself the creeps sometimes happens. Plus, we have two kiddos, both great, but our four-year-old loves to scare the crap out of mom from time to time because she's a tiny me, so they do weird shit, and I'm often, I'm sorry, I shouldn't, but I do, rationalize away. I'm home by myself with them more often than not, so I have near bionic hearing, as my hubs calls it. So we live on a military base, so we are, thankfully, pretty safe on any given day. So I'm listening to the Z-Man episode. I'm about three-fourths of the way through the story, and I decide to hop in the shower because everyone is home and relatively quiet, so Mama just wants to wash her hair. Carrie is two-thirds of the way through her story, and I'm listening intently in my blissfully quiet bathroom while scrubbing my hair. Suddenly, I hear the door creak open but thinking nothing of it as I didn't shut the door to latching in case my cat decided to come in and sit like a weirdo. I assumed it was her. After that, it felt like something was in there with me, watching me. Again, I figured it was little Luna staring expectantly at the curtain waiting for me to emerge so she could beg for kitty crunchies. So I start to rinse my hair and turn to get the conditioner and I swear I saw a flicker of a shadow on the wall just outside of the curtain. I'm like, Uh, what in the ever-loving fuck? No, it's just the cat. It's 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Everyone is in the house. Stop being ridiculous. So I turn back to the warm water, close my eyes, and start to rinse my hair and soak up the little bit of silence I'll get. I'm still intently listening to Carrie, and she says something along the lines of just talking about Z and listening to stories. Just thinking about him can bring him around. At that moment, I suddenly feel a large, icy hand grip my hip. I know Z-Boy likes to be flirty with women and all the gods help me, he's come for me while I'm naked and afraid. Y'all, when I say I scream, I mean my soul left my body and whipped around to beat that demon away with my Bath and Body Works bottle because, you know, that will help me. Turns out, my darling husband decided that since our 4-year-old had nodded off and our 8-year-old had gone next door to play, he'd join me. I nearly bludgeoned him to death with my soapy bottle. So it turns out it wasn't a super scary and powerful demon coming in to claim me, but my eternal frat boy of a marine. I giggled so hard after I unleashed my death squeal that he was actually fearful and thought he might need to wait until I was finished showering to even come back into the bathroom. And that was my brush with what I thought was Z, but was actually D. I hope you guys find this as humorous as I do now that my heart rate has returned to normal. I will have to write in my other spooky true crime story. Stories as well, including Shadow Peeps, my encounter with old Robert the Doll, and my best miss with a mass killer in Japan, and the insane true crime story of my amazing kick-ass aunt, rest her wild soul. Hopefully I didn't ramble too much and go on too many tangents, as tangent time is my favorite time sometimes. Love you guys so much. Keep creeping it real, Sarah, aka Wednesday.
0: Oh my gosh! Thought you had the Z. Turns out it's a D.
1: I mean, if that is not a Donna damn thing to say,
0: right? And I mean, it's okay, but like that was my story, not Carrie's story. <laughs>
1: I know. I think people like still can't tell our voices apart. Yeah, Donna tells a spooky. I tell the true stuff.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just kidding. Says so a skeptic over here. Uh-huh. But also, don't come at me, shadow people. I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> and black-eyed kids. Oh, oh. Not men in black, though. Fake.
0: Okay. And Sarah, a.k.a. Wednesday, um, I'm going to need you to send all of that good good in. Uh, because every story that you just teased uh, sounded real good. Mm-hmm. It made Carrie tingle in her no-no spot. Okay. <laughs> Also, does your husband know any single men who uh, enjoy the chonky chonky? Because uh, your girl over here is single.
1: The chonky chonky? <laughs> <I don't
0: know. sighs> Look, going to the next one. First off, I want to say that I absolutely love your podcast. I started listening a few months ago, and I was immediately hooked. I also started following both of you guys on Instagram like a total creep. We're boring. It's fine. (laughs) Literally, I have to be like, oh, shit, I should post something. I have nothing to post. Okay. I haven't posted anything on my Instagram since last year when we went to Kansas City. Okay.
1: So, I've got more than that. So, okay. Doing a little bit better than you.
0: Yeah. It's real bad. And other than that, I stopped myself from posting Marley 80 times a day.
1: I know. I do that, too. I'm like, ugh. My last, like, three posts were a dog. Probably shouldn't do that.
0: So I send it all to y'all behind the scenes. I still force people to watch. Just, yeah. Anyway. But thank you for following me. And Carrie, whatever. I still have quite a few episodes left to listen to, so hopefully my story gets read by the time I catch up. I decided to send you guys the story because Carrie talked about how much she hates teeth. Indentures, so enjoy. I was around four years old when this all took place. I was being babysat by my Mimi and my pepe, which means grandma and grandpa. I was just learning how to count, so I was sitting on my pepe's lap playing dentist. I was counting his teeth when my Mimi says, here, why don't you count mine? What? I turned around, and her full set of dentures were in her hand. No. Needless to say, I was traumatized. I started crying. I ran out of the room, and I wouldn't look or talk to her for the rest of the night. When my mom came to pick me up, my Mime said she didn't know what came over her since she absolutely hated taking her teeth out in front of people. Honestly, though, if I were in her exact situation and had the opportunity to pull a prank like that on a grandchild, I would have done the same thing. Looking back, this story is by far one of my favorites, and even though this happened 20 years ago, I still get queasy whenever I see dentures. That's all I have for you right now, but I do have a paranormal story that I'll probably write in at some point. Thanks so much, Victoria.
1: I'm not trying to be like ableist about the teeth because for me, what it is is as an OT doing like teeth brushing with patients It's something about how big the denture is that they had to put in their mouth that it literally makes me gag. So I'm like, I can never get dentures because I will gag every time I put my teeth in every fucking time.
0: Oh, that is true for you.
1: I mean, they literally have used the child size x-rays on me at the dentist because it it makes me gag. (laughs) So, like, that's more it for me of, like, plus your mouth just has so much bacteria and stuff in it. So, just being, like, here, that's why it's gross. Yes. It's not, like, I'm not trying to shame people who have dentures. It's literally a gag reflex for me, and then people's mouths are gross.
0: Yes, people's mouths are gross. And it is a shock value, okay? For that's, sure. I mean, it's
1: it. it's like those those girls that are like making it on TikTok right now that are that are young and have to have dentures for like some of them have a history of drug abuse and they're sober now and they're showing like how great they're doing. Some of them like had problems through pregnancy with losing Mm -hmm. all of their nutrients and stuff and so it damaged your teeth whatever and so they like show their face with like no teeth in and then they glam up and put their teeth in and they're like and this is me now you know yeah and they're making it freaking huge on tiktok so you do you boo i just it's the it's the it's the width and the the turn to put in for me
0: it's the leaving them out where people can see for me.
1: See, and that's not even... I'm okay with it. Oh, I know you're okay
0: with it, because you leave your retainer out, which is nasty as fuck.
1: Yeah, I... Nasty as fuck. Yes, and so that's... I'm okay with that. Like, I can... Like, (laughs) grandparents leaving them out? Cool with me. No, that's... Because they're, like, in water getting clean. Oh, that's
0: That is disgusting. (laughs) Like, it's... It's a no for me all around, okay? It's just...
1: But some people gotta have them. And you know what? One day we'll be those people. Oh,
0: for sure. And you know what? It will make me gag just putting them in and doing that. Like, I will have to do it. Close my eyes. Do it. And it will be in not a clear container. I will guarantee you that. And you know I'm not lying. Mm -mm. I I cannot see that. (laughs) No, It reminds me of like a mad scientist having his shit there. Uh Uh-uh. No. No, no, no. But that is hilarious. Like, my mom would do that kind of stuff. And... Ooh. now I will say when people's teeth are like when they unsuction or whatever mm-hmm. and they fall or something, it's a mixed review for me because <laughs> it's funny, but also it, it gets my stomach a little queasy. <laughs> it's a mixed review for you. <laughs> but it is funny. Like when they're doing it like either on purpose or not, like it's like, oh, cause it's funny, but oh, it's just, it's a thing. We all have our things, and mouth things are me. I told y'all, look, my mama would be like, I birthed you. Why won't you drink after me? And I'm like, I don't drink after anyone unless I am hot or I am drunk. And those are the only two situations. That's so true. Like, uh uh-uh. It ain't happening. And it's all because of your mouth. (laughs) It's just, I don't like it. That's probably why I never wanted to smoke, too. It's just going go in your mouth? I don't know. I
1: always want to smoke. <laughs> I miss smoking so bad sometimes. And then sometimes I hate the smell, but then sometimes I'm like, oh, that shit smells so good.
0: I don't have an oral fixation other than oral sex fixation. She's not lying. <laughs> okay, y'all. Sinister sightings. Done. Okay, just kidding. Your turn, Carrie.
1: Okay, this one, ghosts or angels? Hi, ladies. My name's Joe, and I'm reaching out from the great state of Texas. recently came across your awesome podcast and my new favorite thing is to relax in the evening with a cold drink and listen to old episodes. Y'all are constantly asking for stories so I thought I'd share some of mine aka me because I have this ridiculous fear that we're gonna run out even though we're like a year behind but I still fear. I was born in Texas and I live here now but my family mom, dad, and little sister and I had to move to Atlanta, Georgia when I was eight And my sister was three due to my dad's job. We ended up moving into a three-story house about an hour north of Atlanta. We moved in January of 1991. The house had been built in the early 80s, so it was only about 10 years old. Up until the neighborhood had been built, the entire area was covered in woods. In fact, the backyard still had a few acres of woods before the highway. The land was located within a few miles of the Kennesaw Mountain, where the Civil War battles took place in the 1860s. The house was big and a great place to grow up in, especially when you have a big imagination like I did. In the daytime, the house was full of sunshine and smells of cooking food or the fire in the big fireplace. It was my favorite place to be. There were tons of little hiding places where I could hide out and read my favorite hobby, however as it grew darker i almost always got a little ball of anxiety in my stomach when i walked into the front hall next to the staircase one night not long after we moved in we had just finished dinner and my mom told me to go upstairs and take a shower i asked if she would watch me walk up the stairs and when she asked why i told her the stairs were scary at night my mom laughed and said the only thing scary about those stairs is the god-awful burnt orange carpet my dad then defended the color by saying it was longhorn's team color I knew he hated the color too. We just didn't have any money to replace the carpet yet. So I told myself I was being silly and made myself walk up the stairs. I was only about halfway up when I started hearing whispering. I don't know what was being said because I was too scared to listen and try to find out. I just bolted the rest of the way up as fast as I could. After that, I did everything I could to stay away from the stairs at night unless one of my parents were with me. I tried walking up with my little sister once, but she started crying for my mom and blaming me for whispering and trying to scare her. After that, I was sure the stairs were haunted. As the years went by, I had developed the habit of covering my ears when I walked up the stairs at the end of the day. My little sister started doing the same thing. My mom noticed and asked me about it. I told her I sometimes hear scary whispering, but if I cover my ears, I don't hear it. She gave me a long look and told me I just needed to pray more. I knew she was worried, but being a good Southern Baptist, she would not open her mind. I told a friend at school about it, and she helped me look in the library for books on what to do about ghosts. Remember, this was the 90 pre-Google days. Internet was a new commodity, and search engines sucked. I quickly became fascinated by all of the paranormal literature and came up with a plan. My parents were going to celebrate their anniversary, and as I was now 14 and my sister was nine, I was able to convince them that they didn't need to get a babysitter. That evening, I swore my sister to secrecy and had her help me do sort of a ritual. We lit some candles and placed them on and around the stairs. We prayed for protection, and then both of us took a turn saying out loud that whatever was whispering and trying to scare us had to stop. All the candles went out. Then, one at the top of the stairs relit. I kept waiting to hear the whispers, but it never happened again. I was shocked when I realized I wasn't afraid anymore. The the stairs felt the same way they felt in the daytime. My little sister smiled at me and said it worked, and it seemed to have worked. I never heard the whispering again, but after the ritual, I always felt like someone was watching me on the stairs. This happened in the daytime too. My sister never had any other experiences, but over the years... We would both have friends over that would comment about the creepy stairs. When I was 19, I went to college a few mornings a week and worked a few evenings a week. My first class started at 6.45 in the morning and was 30 minutes away, so I had to get up super early on school days. The good part was that my school day was done by noon, so I would always go home, eat lunch, and then take a nap before starting on homework. I would be home alone until my sister got home from school at 3 p.m. We had a dog named Lucky that I would have to take out on a leash before I could do anything else, though. One beautiful October day, I took the dog out and was heading down the driveway to check the mail. I suddenly stopped after seeing a leaf that had turned a beautiful shade of red suspended in midair. I was perplexed. The closest trees were a good 10 feet away on either side of this leaf. I was unable to stop myself from reaching out and plucking it from the air. There was nothing on it. No bugs, spider webbing, nothing. I dropped it and it fell to the ground like a regular leaf. I went back to the house, up the stairs, to the front porch, and through the front door. I hit the open door with my foot to close it behind me as I leaned down to unhook the leash from the dog. Out of the corner of my eye, I see a little girl running towards the house, taking the same path I just had. I was unable to stop the door from shutting in her face. So I immediately pulled it open to apologize, but no one was there. The girl had looked to be about 11, had long blonde hair, and was wearing an old-fashioned dress. Every time I picture her in my mind, she's sepia-toned. About a year later, I was doing the dishes after dinner. My sister was over at a friend's house, my dad was away on a business trip, and my mom was taking a shower. I thought I heard someone at the door, so I left the kitchen and I saw the girl again. She walked through the closed front door and down the hall beside the stairs that went into the living room. I tried to follow her, but by the time I reached the living room, she was gone. A week later, I was carrying a basket of laundry up the stairs when I suddenly got dizzy and started to fall backwards. I felt two distinct hands clamp onto my shoulders and steady me on the step. I took a deep breath and said, Thank you. Two years later, I was living in an apartment a few miles away, but came back to the house to stay for a week as my parents were gone to Mexico for an anniversary, and they didn't want my 17 year old sister to be by herself the whole week. I was working full time at this point, and after I got home from work on the first day, I could sense that there was someone else in the house besides her. I was right. She was trying to hide her boyfriend in her room. We negotiated, as sisters do. And I eventually agreed to turn a blind eye. She was three weeks away from turning 18. She'd been dating this boy for three years, and I liked him. So why not? That night, around three in the morning, I hear a shout from downstairs, pounding of feet down the stairs, and then slamming of my sister's bedroom door. I cautiously leave my room and knock on her door. She opens it, looking completely freaked out. I don't know what happened to him. He's sick or something, she tells me, pointing at her boyfriend who's sitting on the floor with his face in his hands, shaking like a leaf, white as a sheet, when he finally lifts his head, and I see he had been crying. He refused to go downstairs, so I go make tea and bring it upstairs. As I'm making tea, I reprimand the ghost out loud. I don't know why you're scaring him, but he's our guest, and you need to treat him like one. I swear I heard someone sigh. I get back upstairs, and we all sit on the floor with our tea, and he slowly explained what happened. He woke up thirsty and was going downstairs to get some water. On the stairs, he heard creepy whispering. At the bottom of the stairs, he turned left to go through the dining room to the kitchen. At this point, he admits that he had been able to see ghosts when he was a kid. They don't normally upset him so much, though. He said there were three ghosts in the dining room, an older man and a woman and a young blonde girl. They were silent, but the older couple was glaring at him, and he felt terrified of them. He said the little girl looked a little scared and was frantically gesturing for him to go back upstairs so he did. That was the only night he ever stayed over. My sister went away to college the next year and met the love of her life, and now I have the most perfect niece there ever was. It's been over 20 years since I lived in the house and over 10 since my parents sold it and joined the rest of us back here in Texas. My mom is a lot more laid back now, and I recently revisited all of these stories with her. She apologized for not being more open and helpful when I was a kid though she firmly believes that rather than ghosts, it was our guardian angels looking over us. Ghosts or angels? I'll let you decide. Thanks for continuing this awesome podcast. I have a lot more to get through before I'm called up, and I'm looking forward to it. Keep it creepy, Joe.
0: Oh my gosh. I
1: wonder why the kid was, like, gesturing, like, go upstairs, go upstairs. Yeah. Like, maybe they were pissed that he was staying over.
0: Yeah, maybe. But... I'm going back to when y'all were younger and you did that ritual and all the lights blew out and then one relit itself. Uh Uh-uh. Right? That's weird. I was listening and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. No, no, no. But it's like you kind of, I don't know. When I was trying to think about angels or what, but it's kind of like, you summoned like a stronger presence and so they were the ones who were kind of like because you still felt someone watching you and you didn't like that feeling Mm -hmm. but you weren't scared of that feeling you know but you still felt that presence you just weren't scared anymore so I still feel like it was kind of a ghost because I feel like if it was an angel or your guardian angel or whatever it would have been more calming to you and it wouldn't have been like an off-putting thing to you and your sister just my opinion
1: no totally agree i concur what she said
0: (laughs) but wow that's wow wow (laughs) also can i go back to having a babysitter where i'm just like i'm hungry can you make me a grilled cheese (laughs) like I, i didn't ever have that that's what i see on the movies play connect four with me that's what i want i was
1: the babysitter i never had a babysitter My sisters were always my babysitter.
0: Yeah, my brother was too. And so... LOL. Yeah. I was the one who was doing all the shit. So, I don't know. Just... I want to experience that. Someone play games with me and make me a grilled cheese sandwich.
1: Literally have done that for you. Played games and made you a grilled cheese sandwich. You
0: don't love playing games, though.
1: Yes, I do. Some. You You like weird games. Not weird games. But you like games I don't like. (laughs)
0: Because you like, like, one game. Cranium.
1: Because I don't like word games. I just say Connect Four. I would play Connect Four with you. I play Guess Who with you in
0: all the card games. Oh my god. She's doing that because I'm right. All right, moving on. The next one. Wrong place, wrong time, or bad luck? Hi, I'm Kylie from Virginia, and I'm 19. You can use my real name. I actually found you guys on my recommendation list, and when I started, I couldn't stop. I'm fairly new, maybe a couple of months in, and I have been nonstop listening. I freaking love you guys. I work at a hotel, and when I listen, I swear I'm always looking over my shoulder. But hopefully this isn't long, so let's just get into it. I have three short but not so short events that have happened to me. Story 1. Back when I lived with my parents, which isn't that long ago, I was about 16 and it was a quiet night. Everyone I think was asleep except my sister Hannah. Of course, me being a scared little baby, I always had my door open. My little sister, who was 13 at the time, had hers opened as well and was right across from my room. Note, there was no windows or a draft. I always felt like my house was a bit on the haunted side, you know, your average seeing stuff down the hallway from the corner of your eye, my dog barking into our dark living room at nothing when no one's there, having pans fly into the sink when they weren't even close to it at all. But that night, my door had slammed closed so hard, everyone woke up. My sister saw it slam and everything. She jumped up to see if I was okay. Okay. I burst from my bed and ran to that door so fast I swear my feet didn't touch the ground. Ever since then, I just have closed my door. Story two. I moved into my first apartment. I was never the type to think of crystals or witchy things until this experience. Sleep paralysis. Every night, the same black figure hovering over me. And my animals refused to go into my small hallway, and my girlfriend, now wife, is an empath, and she used to always say there is negative energy. So I went to my local crystal store, learned everything I could about sage, different crystals, and other things. I even got books. I'm still learning today, but I definitely know a lot. So I went back to my house and saged the whole place from top to bottom. After that, everything went back to normal. Story three, which kind of connects to story two. I used to work as a house cleaner, and me and my friend, we can call her Kat, we were cleaning a client's house. When I first walked in, all the lights were off, and I felt nauseous. The dog that was there looked off, too. I mean, she threw up, and she didn't look well. Kat swore that she saw a shadow man pass by the door, but we finished up cleaning, and before we left, us being us... We said, you are not welcome to come with us and are unwelcome to be with us. So I went to get into the car and I looked down and I have three scratches on my arm. I wear gloves so I knew it couldn't have been for me. So I'm here in the car freaking out. Nothing like this has ever happened before. I get home and I'm on the phone with my friend and just my luck, my books fly off the shelf and hit me. I freak out and run literally out of my house and call my wife. I refuse to go in there until she got home. So after she got home, she goes inside and checks it out, does her empath stuff and says, we need to stage the house, the car and banish whatever you brought home. We to one thing, then the house, then the car, and then everything was okay again. And then I bought a crystal of protection. I wore the crystal to work every day. That's all for now. Knowing me, I'll run into some more. Thank you for everything you guys do making us and our sinister sightings feel normal. Well, as normal as they can be. Remember, beautiful ladies, creep it real and don't get scared.
1: I love the, uh, do her empath thing. Right, me too. Because that's about as much as I know of that.
0: <laughs> you know, do that thing that they do? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm a believer in crystals and stuff, so I get it.
1: Look, Donna and I have some crystals that are so charged. <laughs> We don't even know where they are.
0: They're up in my yard they somewhere. They floated
1: back up to the ether. <laughs> uh, we bought... We spent way too much money on crystals, and then we're like, let's charge them. Let's put them in the yard overnight. Forgot it's going
0: to be a full moon.
1: Yeah, we forgot them. And then we we're like, well, it's going to rain. We'll leave them there. And we forgot them again, and I mowed. So, who knows where they are. Yeah. But your yard living its best life. Right. All right. The next one. Hi, beautiful ladies. First of all, let me say I love your podcast. Your podcast is all that I listen to now. This story happened when I was 8 years old. My big sis, my big sis, my mom's older sister, died suddenly without anyone's knowledge. I was young but understood what death was. Over the next couple of days, arrangements were made, tears and stories were shared. We headed to my big sis's house to help clean up and all the things you do for your loved one's family. We spent the night, and I barely slept. All night long, I heard the creaking of the floor in my aunt's bedroom, yet no one was in there. I looked every time I heard it, but never saw a thing. Being young, I paid no attention and went back to sleep. Earlier the next morning, my dad said that I was going with him to his next appointment, just to get me away from the grown-up things. We went to my dad's appointment, finished there, and decided to go shopping. We went into the cheap store beside his appointment. I hated Barbie dolls and anything that goes along with them. But there was a cheap generic Barbie doll section. I scouted it to see what they had. They didn't have much as usual. I came along a bouquet of flowers. A very small and plastic but beautiful. I thought, wow, my aunt would love these. I asked my dad if I could have them. He asked why. You don't play with Barbie toys. I was so proud of myself. I answered with to put on her grave. It's the grown up thing to do. He smiled and says, okay, sissy. We came back to my aunt's house, and I showed my mom what I had got. She smiled and said she'll love them. The day grew longer and into the night. We all lay down for the night, and I heard creaking on the floor again and again. I sat up and said, Big sis, is that you? What do you need? Water? No answer. Suddenly, the sound stopped. No other noises heard that night. In the morning, we all had breakfast and headed to the service. I didn't go with the others when they buried her. My mom thought it would be too much for eight-year-old me. So later that day, she took me to the gravesite once it had been covered. I see an array of beautiful flowers. I took mom's hand and she helped me place my small plastic bouquet of flowers. I said, Here you go, big sis. I know you love them. We said our goodbyes and headed home. We all piled into the car for what seemed like forever to the kid and me, but it was only about 30 minutes. We pulled up the drive and I spot on the lawn furniture. I was shocked. I looked at my mom, confused, with my mouth gaped open wide. What is it, Bran? She exclaimed. Look, Mommy, my flowers. I cried. My mom asked where and I pointed to the table. Stunned and shocked, just as I am, we slowly get out of the car and head towards the table. My mom tells me, Sissy, those can't be your flowers. It simply doesn't work that way. I was sure they were. My mom looked at the bottom of the basket. There was a button on it with a B on it. My mom removed the flowers and sure enough, there it was. The button with the B on it. She stood there, shocked, and said, this can't be. How? Who would? But how? She cried. We were the last ones to leave. If anyone was here, we would have seen them. To this day, we have no clue. How? Why? Who? No questions were ever answered. I hope this wasn't too long. My typing and writing sucks. I did try, though. I have more stories that are even creepier if you want them. Love you both.
0: That's sweet that your little eight-year-old brain was like, oh, these flowers are perfect. And they're just little Barbie flowers. And that's just like, that is perfect. Yeah, because that's exactly what you would give her. Mm -hmm. But wow, that they were back there. For real. Like, how? Who? What? Wow. How? Yeah. Wow. That's special. The last one. Roses. Morning, ladies. It's 5:15 a.m. here in Chili Tassie, and I started my usual shift at 8 a.m. yesterday. Had a few hours off, then went back in as emergency backup for a night shift, and still have to stay up a few hours to take my son to school. I'm a courier on day shift, and I drive some of the most dangerous roads in our state, and totally mentally exhausting. Trucks pretty much don't give a shit and plow through the corners and don't even get me started on the mother licking tourist. Then night shift, I'm unloading and loading literally tons of of freight on the plane. Anyway, like I started with, it's early. I've been up 24 hours, and I'm driving the 45-minute trek home. About 10 minutes out from home, my eyes get heavy. It's pouring with rain and blowing a gale, so I'm already straining my eyes to see. Then I drift off to sleep. Doing 110 kilometers per hour on a freaking highway with log trucks being my only co-traffic when I'm suddenly jolted awake by my passenger seatbelt alarm going off. I had absolutely nothing sitting there and it's a fairly new route and I've never done this before. And it's a fairly new route and never done this before. Then the whiff of roses hit my nose. My nana my great Nana left this world seven years ago. And the night she died, I got in a rather nasty argument with my great auntie. Death really brings out the best in people, huh? I was livid that I found out about her passing on Facebook only 10 minutes afterwards. Long story short, she's a bitch. I grabbed my keys, kissed my Nan goodbye, and left. On the way home, my knuckles were white, gripping the wheel. I was doing well over the speed limit and was blasting the bejesus out of my poor Subaru's subwoofers. Then I smelled the roses. My Nana absolutely loved her roses and proudly showed off the roses the nursing home she was in had let her plant. They gave her a whole garden space. And even though she couldn't plant the middle roses as she was wheelchair bound, she lovingly planted the edge ones and closely supervised the employee that volunteered to plant the ones she couldn't. I had smelt roses the moment she actually died as well, so I kind of knew before Facebook, but seriously, who posts 10 minutes after someone has died? I hate the smell of roses, but when I smell Nana's roses, they're a different smell. A calming smell. And I slowed right down, pulled over, and collected myself. That bish ain't worth losing my life over. I missed having Nana in a big chunk of my life, only rekindling a few years before we lost her. So to know that she is still around means the world to me. And I know that if she was still alive, she would be chewing me out big time about falling asleep behind the wheel or crashing because of family fallout. I look forward to smelling them roses so I can start filling Nan in on what's happening like I used to. And although it's a one-sided combo these days, I can just see her sitting in her chair nodding her head gleefully as she says, that's fantastic, dear. Well, your Nan really protects you, definitely in the car, because both of those instances you smelt her roses when you needed that reassurance. I like the deer at the end. I know. That's fantastic deer. Oh, so sweet. You know, I honestly don't like the smell of roses either. Like candles and stuff. I don't like the rose smell. I don't know what it is. And we all know that Carrie has that pink stuff or whatever she calls it. And yes. And it's rose and I don't like it. But it is a miracle lotion or salve, 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 salve. How do you say it? Salve. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's by Merle Norman. It's called like Extra Lube or something. Lube or something. I don't know.
0: Hang on. I got to look it up. Super Lube. What? Oh my gosh. But
1: that's the best shit. It works on everything. You got a crusty nose because you've been blowing it with your Super Lube? Put it on there. You got eczema on your hand? Put it on there. Yeah. You got a sunburn? Put it on there. You got literally anything? Put it on there.
0: Yes.
1: My grandma's remedy that we still use. Mm-hmm. But who would that rose smell? I like it. Colby says it's my old lady cream because it definitely smells like an old lady. Mm-hmm.
0: Roses.
1: Thank y'all so much for sending in all of these awesome stories. And y'all with the teasers, send us those stories in.
0: Carrie's nipples are hard over here. Quiz look at my nipples.
1: <laughs> Thank y'all again so, so much. And remember,
0: creep it real
1: and, and don't get scared. scared.